What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 423 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, and I am not joined today by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. And if you don't know, if you haven't heard, um, Willie is no longer at Flow Sports. And so been thinking a lot about what, what I'm going to say here and what we're, you know, I, I've been um, kind of back and forth with how I want to talk about this because obviously Willie and I are uh, a team and we've been a team for a really long time and um, it definitely stinks that, that Willie's not at flow anymore. And so... On the one hand, I guess there's a couple things to get into. I'm sure there's, there's a lot of questions that you guys have, and what I can get into, I'll get into. And um, ultimately, it was Willie's decision. Willie decided Saturday. It was obviously sudden. Um, that I think I can say fairly is uh, not surprising. That you know, you know, we we didn't think Thursday was going to be our last FRL together, right? And um, you know, I think he, I think he. He summed it up well in, in his tweet when he, he said it was just time. It was time for him. And, um, you know, ultimately, that's the, that's the decision he made. And, you know, so there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of questions I think I'm sure you guys probably have. Um, and, you know, how, what is the, the status of, you know, Willie and I and Willie and Flo and, um, on the record, it's, it's all good. It's, it's all love. He's, uh, he's my brother. He's one of the closest friends I've ever had in my life. And, um, I didn't, um, I, I haven't thought a lot about what it would be like to work, work at flow without Willie, because Willie is the the only reason I'm here. Right. And, you know, I thought, I thought back, you know, I've been, as I've been, um, you know, sort of just throwing myself a, a, a private pity party for a couple of days here. Um, just thinking back to 2018 when when Martin uh, left Flow, and just kind of my emotions around that, which were, which were, I was upset, I was worried. I mean, this is the guy that started the wrestling website, the the greatest wrestling website in the world, and that's that's. That's way before I ever worked here. It was established. He he made Flow Wrestling the greatest website, and that guy was not in the building anymore. And that was definitely um, a little well. One, it was upsetting, but it was also like a little. You're, you get a little fearful there. Like, what's it going to be like without that guy around? Right, a guy that's meant so much to me and so so much to the company. And you know, things things have a way of of keeping moving, and and things have been great. You know. Post Martin, not because he's gone, but because he he laid a great um, foundation for for Flow Wrestling and here at Flow Sports. And we've had you know had our, we're having our best year ever right now, and so I think about that with Willie. Um, you know he he's someone that I mean in 2012 he gave me a, a chance and let me do the D1 rankings and and do some writing, just volunteer and. 
there, there's no no one would have ever known I existed at Flow Sports if if it weren't for Willie Saylor. And then after that, he vouched for me hard to, to get me brought on full time. When you know, I'll say it, they didn't want they didn't want to hire someone remote, and I understood why. And so he he fought for me then, and from that formed a, a really close bond um, that, you know, I've never really, I haven't really had with, with many people in my life. And um, he, he was someone, I mean, it, it was kind of crazy, but uh, it was fun. But in, in 2013, I, I was a little paranoid. Um, and it's okay to be paranoid, I think. I think some <coughs> paranoia is good. I, I listen to a lot of the, um, a, a lot of so a lot of people I've respected a lot have issues with paranoia, but I was paranoid, and so I was like, I'm never gonna let me not being around, um, not me not being in Texas be a thing. So I was I would stay on a Skype call with Willie all day long. Um, I, I would call if I get up in the morning, and I call him when he got got into the office, and I would just stay on his computer all day long. We would talk all day long and joke, and and you, and you can imagine what that would be like if you if you've listened to. To FRL, you probably know, yeah, and you could probably extrapolate that even further, right? It's just two guys that love wrestling and have really weird senses of humor, and he's taking me from conference room to conference room, just like this floating head on his screen at all times. Um, and, and so from that, you know, it was it was really, uh, you know, it, it was a close friendship. So you know, b- between Willie and I, it's n- nothing changes. We're we're uh, we're great friends, and. Um, you know what what the future holds for Willie's for Willie to let y'all know. I um, I think uh, you know obviously I think he's a super talented guy and I'm gonna miss him here and um, you know he's and then another thing thinking back to Martin, you know Ray my boss uh, as we were kind of just you know feeling sorry for ourselves and sad with you know Martin was gone and he kept saying. You know, telling himself, but also telling he's not dead. <laughs> Martin's not dead. He's fine. He's, he's he's ten miles away in 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 Austin, Texas. Willie's not dead either. So it's not some big super sad thing. It's really um, it, it'll be you know for, as far as flow's concerned. I feel similarly. It's it's gonna be kind of like it like it was with Martin. It's a transition period, but everything's gonna be fine. And and to those uh, that say uh, FRL. And, and flow wrestling will will never be the same. Um, I'll say you're, you're exactly right. Ah, uh, so okay, did that to my left, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr. Hello, Nomad. Hello. To my right, David. I don't know your middle name yet. It's Douglas. Double D Bray. Double D Bray. Double D Bray. Wow. Yeah. So many Brazier jokes. <laughs> uh, they're, yeah, they're really. At least your last name's point. not. Dylan Duncan, a lot of broad jokes. Yep. yep. Um, okay. So do, do you got to uh, see the birth certificate to get those jokes for me. <laughs> may you uh, grant me a uh, a minute or two on, on William as well? I'll allow it. So, similar to CP, right? Willie had a huge role in, in bringing me on to flow and taught me a lot of things. And I will always... Uh, have those things in my head and, and I will hopefully be able to 
carry on for Willie in whatever ways that I can in the company and all the good things that, that uh, he did. And, you know, I've been working the phones a lot, talking with, with a lot of people. And um, as uh, SCP said, FRL and Flow Wrestling and Flow Sports will never be the same. But it will still be great because we still have a lot of people here that care a great deal about wrestling. And one day I'm going to be gone and CP's going to be gone and Bray's going to be gone. And we're just going to keep this train moving because we love wrestling and we know you guys love wrestling. And Willie loved wrestling too. And that's why he was such a huge part of this company. And we're going to miss him. Still not dead. Still not dead. I think every time we say something dramatic, we have to say that he's not dead. Contractually, um, so we don't spread fear. But yes, Willie's not dead. Okay. Um. Now, what a what a time <coughs> what a time to leave. Time to be alive. Um. So, lot happened. It was the opening weekend of D1 wrestling, chock full, so much juice. But before the action even started, we had a super juicy piece of news drop with the uh, announced intentions of Greg Kirkfleet to transfer. He's in the transfer portal. He was the number one recruit in the class of 2019, uh, and he was at Ohio State, and now he's leaving. And, you know, it was a little prophetic by one of our question askers, actually the actual cannibal one, <laughs> um, which, again, we're, we typically do not like to glorify the cannibals, but when you ask a good question, a good question is a good question, no matter the source. So actual cannibal one was like, hey, would he – Potentially leave now. Snyder left. Now, I, d I honestly don't think that the Kirkfleet departure has anything to do with Kyle Snyder. I truly believe that. I think this was in the works for an extended period of time, potentially. That's my that's my guess. That's my thought. That's not a that's not a reporting. That's just what I think, right? So I don't think. And if he ends up at Penn State, I don't even. Uh, which I think a lot of people think is going to happen, and I don't disagree. I thought he was going there. Before he announced he was going to Ohio State. So if he went to Penn State, I would not be surprised. But I don't think it's just the the Snyder effect there either. But obviously a big domino for um, <clears throat> whoever gets him, right? Maybe he looks at Minnesota again with Gable's status, if nothing else, in question right now. I don't know. But, um, yeah, thoughts, David, on the, on the Kirkfleet departure? Well, I mean – Kirkfleet has had a hard time making up his mind all along, right? I mean, he's he's committed uh, now three times, decommitted now three times, and in the middle of all that, spent a year at the Olympic Training Center. I mean, the guy has really been all over the place, and so I think <clears throat> it's not surprising when when a guy like that who um, who's really kind of explored all options and he's thought about all these programs at a high level. Uh, decommits i mean he's mm -hmm. you know he's seen it all like what other there aren't a ton of probably other recruits who have been that sought after and have probably seen the inner workings of all these programs at like w with a great deal of depth uh but kirkfleet has and uh so yeah i mean it's it's shocking but when you take a step back from that initial shock it's it's really maybe not all that surprising yeah yeah, and like we kind of said on the last show, again, it is still, even if you see signs or you hear things, it's still hard to predict, like it's still hard to predict publicly that a kid's going to transfer. 
right? Because then you're kind of calling things into question. Um, as as Brace said, when you when you move around that much, um, I, I think, and I think one of the good things for Kirkfleet is my understanding is he has to either finish out the semester or finish out the school year at Ohio State. Oh, really? Right. <clears throat> not not awkward. <laughs> sure. <Sub-coach>. So, <laughs> so hopefully that gives him some time to kind of be with himself or be with his family or, you know, his mentors and kind of, uh, of give thought to where he wants to go next and then be able to, to sell himself there. I agree that Penn State is an option, be it for Snyder, be it for the fact that he wants to be part of a winning program, be it that, you know, he wants to he sees himself fitting well in their lineup. Um, I do think he Minnesota is an option given the we're still um, kind of up in the air about where Gable's going to end up, and he's from he's from Minnesota. And then also, could he go back to the Olympic Training Center for a year or two? Could he could he say, look, I just want to focus on on freestyle, and whether that's you know maybe for a year or two, or maybe that's just his plan, and then he gets his degree. Um, you know, online or, or from one of these schools um, around the country and just focuses on freestyle. But I, I think he's got a few options. I think no matter what, it's going to be a top 10 program and probably more likely a top five-ish program, just given the skills that he has. Um, so he, he has a lot of options, but I think maybe the inability to wrestle um, for a little while is going to be a good thing ultimately for him and – Will will also, good or bad, uh, fuel a lot of rumor fire, which is always a dangerous thing. When really all that matters is that this kid finds himself a good home. Well, my question is, with thinking about the Minnesota thing, what what are the eligibility? How, how could they <clears throat> juggle a, a world with Gable and Kirkfleet? Yeah, well, because Gable still got a red shirt. Uh, Greg's a true freshman. Could Gable go Olympic? And take a, you know, I don't know. Well, so that's the thing, and, and that's that's where all of the stuff gets confusing with me about the eligibility of Kirkpleet because, again, the thing I keep hearing, whether it's one semester or one school year, he has to finish out some level of uh, academic obligations at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. However, there's you have Olympic redshirt for him, so he could theoretically For say, Greg. yeah. So he, Greg and Gable could both Olympic. Right. I'm yep. focusing mm-hmm. on Greg right here. Yep. But he could theoretically say, okay, this is my Olympic redshirt. Then eat a regular redshirt if, uh, if a Big Ten to Big Ten transfer happens and, and they say, hey, you do have to sit a year. So he could potentially not lose a year at all mm-hmm. and potentially allow, you know, whoever is, is at whatever school he goes to to maybe finish out their eligibility. You know, with, with the example of Penn State, if he were to end up there – Kassar supposedly has two years back, right? Could go Olympic redshirt this year, regular redshirt next year. Kassar could finish out two straight years. Mm-hmm. With Gable, um, again, it's it's a matter of if he's able to return, then, yeah, they could juggle Olympic redshirt and regular redshirt, possibly for both of them. Or could Kirkfleet go down? I don't see how that's you know, – oh the last gosh. time – No, I know. The last he's time I saw out. him – He's getting bigger. I know. The last time I saw – the last time we saw him, he looked huge. So, that that is a an extreme possibility. But I think Gable's got a better shot at ninety seven than Kirk. You think so? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I just I, that 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 is the only other way that I could imagine both of them being able to be on the same roster. Yeah, I think it is more so likely 
if if Kirkfleet goes back to back to Minnesota, it would be if Gable is no longer eligible to wrestle. Or I tell you what, where you don't have to worry about juggling nothing is Oklahoma State. Yeah, you go right. there. Where I mean, he's he, secondarily he, he committed. Secondarily. Before he tertiarily, the tertiary commitment. <laughs> yes, to Ohio tertiary. State. Yeah. What's after tertiary? Everyone loves to say tertiary. Oh, Sounds man, great. What is after tertiary? The, something quad related, but I don't think there is one. No, um, we're gonna find this out. We'll, we'll break it. Um, break it live on the air here. But yeah, Oklahoma State has a real need for quaternary. For quaternary. Quaternary. Yeah. That's gonna be tough. It just doesn't roll off the tongue like tertiary. No. But if Gable or excuse me, if Kirkfleet was able to go to Oklahoma State, that would solve a huge need for. The Cowboys. I don't know if that, if that, uh, that ship has sailed on either side there. But I mean, I think he'd fit great. I think stylistically, he fits great too. Just mm-hmm. so their their track record with athletic heavyweights and upperweights is is really strong there at Oklahoma State. Of course, there's also Penn State, which is like the ultimate track record. So that is the main question for me with <clears throat> with Minnesota. And Oklahoma State, and then you know Penn State was one of the schools that was recruiting him both originally, and then when he decommitted from Oklahoma State, <clears throat> are they all going to are they going to try to rekindle that, or are they going to say we're you know hey we wanted you the first time you didn't want us we're not going to recruit you no way I, I can't believe no anybody way. would pass up an opportunity to get crazy. this guy on their roster I I think the thing that I'm curious. Nomad, you mentioned earlier, like, it's going to be interesting to see Kirk Fleet off the mat for a while. And I hope he's on the freestyle mats, like, this whole this whole NCAA season. Yeah. I hope mm-hmm. he's all in on freestyle. And for me, what will be interesting is if he spends a significant period of time completely focused on that freestyle craft and not focused on the commitment thing, right? Like, that would be... I mean, almost a sort of crazy absence of a story. Like Kirkfleet's commitment has been now for like an entire Olympic quad, like the cycle or or the yeah. story, you know, like yeah. where is he going now? And well, you know, like if he just sort of chilled out on that, that would be kind of crazy to me. And to see like if he if he shows out at, at some of these senior level tournaments, um, then I don't know. Does that change anything? How you know? What do right. we think about him then? Does that increase the likelihood we see him at a Farrell or at the the U.S. Open in yeah. December? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as for Oklahoma State, so the only heavyweight they have on their roster currently is Cornelius Putnam, and then they could potentially go Cowboy Bulk job for Austin Harris, who certainly has the height to do it. But at one point was a just a tall, skinny one eighty four. Um, and then of course they have Connor Doucette coming in. They have AJ Ferrari coming in. Doucette right now is bigger than Ferrari, but we've heard that Ferrari wants to be a heavyweight, so how does that impact I it? I follow him on Instagram. I agree. He wants to be a heavyweight. Yes. Really? <laughs> well, the way he <coughs> is lives. Is he drinking it, a gallon of milk a day? No, he's not. Okay. He's not gone that far yet. Okay. But okay. Uh, he does. you can uh, follow AJ Ferrari and get all kinds of uh, protein shake recommendations. Yeah. yeah, he is on his protein shake thing. I don't know and if then, he owns a shirt. Is he like Nicky Rodriguez? I do not think he owns a shirt. Pops the top a lot. Yeah. Uh, And then the the last potential uh, heavyweight. Hold on. We got to tell that story. So (laughs) Pops the top. um, So at who's number one, uh, Mike Mal, um, a psychopath, wrestled with Nicky Rodriguez. That's a bad idea. A silverback gorilla. That's a bad idea. Um, But he's fine. Mike's fine. So afterwards, Nicky Rod, big Instagram guy. Um, Huge. Also big guy. He he yeah. got to bring it in for the selfie picture with Mike <laughs> and uh, Nikki, obviously shirtless. Is like he goes 
He looks at Mike before he takes a picture. He wanted to give him his last chance. Mike said he was as serious as a heart attack. He's like, you want to pop the top? <laughs> Ask him, that's how he says, would you like to take your shirt? You want? You sure you want to be have a shirt Wearing on in this, shirt picture? In this picture? You don't want to wear a shirt in this picture. You know this is going to go on Instagram. <laughs> Mike said, Mike said, I'm good. And uh, they took the picture. <laughs> pop the top. One pop top, one convertible, one... Um, you know, the hood was up on the Jeep. Right? Uh, Ragtop, I think, is what we call those. Ragtop. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, if I look like Nicky Rod. No, no shirt. No shirt ever. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a tank top yeah. yeah. in the winter. This guy will disrobe in front of people <laughs> before. Uh, how many Christmas? His wow. first Christmas party ever. He went, I like to go. I like to come in with a bang. He, well, he took his shirt off in front of the entire company party during karaoke. I don't think people – I think people think that everyone that works at Flow is like – who they see on on FRL or even just like wrestling people in general, but that's that would be shocking to many people in this office. We have some far more reserved people here yes. than just the the loudmouths that work here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, finishing out the Oklahoma State point, and then we can probably move on. Yeah. The the last potential uh, piece for heavyweight, and if Kirkley would fit in there, is that uh, Kyle Haas, who is currently class twenty twenty one, right? He oh, is a yeah. junior. His brother is Tyler Caldwell, who is still um, at Oklahoma State. Haas was a 92-kilo world team member this year, so he's either going to be a 97 or a heavyweight. So between Doucette and and Haas has not committed yet, but all indications are we believe that Oklahoma State is very much the strong clubhouse leader there. So those are kind of the three guys that would impact that. Nomad, you seem like the kind of guy where if your brother was a coach at a prestigious university, you might – you might go Mark Perry and just be like, ah, I'm not gonna go there. Spite him. Just to, just for the just for the curveball, just to keep people on their toes. No. You wouldn't? No. Absolutely. so that's a totally my my dad, my brother and I all coached together. My dad and my brother coached me. Oh wow. And when we went to um deposit to my dad's hometown to uh wrestle in a tournament, I would not sit in the corner and coach against my cousin. Because family first, yeah. Because I was like, I'm, I'm not rooting for you to win. I want my cousin to win. So wow, yeah. I'm very, there very much. It. You could have sabotaged your athlete, yeah. If you really wanted your cousin yes. to win, fair. Yeah, take top. So yeah. Okay, so lots more to get into. 22 minutes into this show. Next topic. Next topic. Yep. Wow. We have cards. Willie would Letterman. never let us use the no cards. So we get the last laugh, Willie. Now we get the nose card. Next up. Ohio State at the Michigan State Open. Now, Michigan State Open was where uh, I'll say 74% of the D1 heat went down yeah. in terms of, like, elite matchups. And it was a uh, – well, actually, I want to start. If we're going to go Michigan State Open, which I'm now renaming the KC Stampede because Kendall <laughs> Coleman was on fire. <laughs> that dude. This man is so good. He is so good. And, and, you know, I liked him coming out of high school, but you just never know. I liked a lot of guys coming out of high school, and it takes a little bit. He he beats so many good people, including Anthony Ardalona. Let me pull up his bracket. He beat um, Will Luan. Will Luan. Will Luan. Zach Carson. Carson, who you may not know, may be super familiar with Zach Carson. He goes to Ohio. And in this very tournament, he beat Elijah Cleary and Taylor Bramani. So Coleman also knocked off Eric Barone. So Oh, yeah. He knocked off guys two. ranked 22, 8, and 6. Two All. top ten guys, yeah. and then Carson um, had a good good tournament there. So yeah, yeah. he's now up at number six. Yeah, just Richard like that. freshman. That's why it's like when when people like are like, oh, a freshman's not ranked high early. Like 
Last year it was Roman Bravo Young. It's like it's just a matter of opportunity, and you know you see it's uh, really there's just your schedule, right? And Kendall goes to MSU Open, and right now, boom, instantly a top ten guy. He's someone if you're if you're in a fantasy league, if you scooped him now, uh, you probably you could probably have gotten Kendall Coleman in the fifteenth towards the later rounds, and now uh, he's on everyone's radar now. So awesome for the for the Boilermakers because he's a total stud. Well, and with when we when Spain and I were doing those previews, right? And you have this with with a few teams kind of every year, but it was very hard not to m- mention Purdue at dang near every weight. Not necessarily specifically in like that All American tier, but in that mm-hmm. sleeper tier, maybe that that you know that new blood where we're talking about freshmen. And it's just like guy after guy after guy, and it's kind of what we've been what we've been looking for 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 um, Coach Ursland for a while. So they've had a lot of guys knocking on the door. They've, they've had good recruits come in, and now you have this this guy come come in who uh, he's now ranked number six. Mm-hmm. He was I forget if he either won Ironman or or was in the finals. Um, you know, he, he, he placed very highly. Flonets took third. So th- this is a guy who has the pedigree of someone who should be very, very good in college and then comes right in, knocks off what we say three ranked guys right away, including two top ten wins. You know, Schroeder Tech's um, Heinzelman, he looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to see Perriott at 49. Once I get, I don't know if he tried to make it this um, yeah. or, or whatever. Obviously, he's coming down from 57 to 49. There's always a little bit of an adjustment period there. I don't even know if he tried to make it, so I don't want to say he missed weight. Yeah, but because well, um, some guys, you know, we saw wrestling up a weight that we know, or at least we believe, you know, based on previews and things coaches have said are coming down. Yeah. So some of these guys maybe didn't want want to mess with their descent plan, mm-hmm. and obviously the first cut of the year is the hardest, right? And the so. deepest. Deepest. <laughs> Damn it. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. You can't set us. Can't set us up like that. You, you, you both Cheryl did it, Crow though. Fans, yeah, yeah. You, got, you yeah. know we're big Cheryl Crow fans. If you yeah. if you say the first cut is anything, you know we're, we're gonna have to. It's go gonna there. be deepest. Okay, <laughs> so Ohio State's tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you could say a mixed bag, a lot of good, and some question question marks still remain with with this team. But on, on the good side, they're they have the number one ranked one hundred forty one pounder. With Luke Pletcher. Yeah. Pletcher takes out Demas in, I guess, a rankings upset. But I think if you you polled the United States of America previously, most people would not know who either of these guys are. But the people that know wrestling yeah. would say uh, 50-50 probably and maybe favor slight edge to Pletcher. Mm-hmm. So Pletcher's now number one. He beat Dom Demas uh, in overtime. To, I think it was tiebreakers. Um, and... You know, we've been saying 41 is definitely a, a pretty wide open weight, although I do th- still think that Nick Lee's going to have the um, – I think he was your preseason pick. He was my preseason pick to win yeah. NCAAs. And even though Pletcher's now number one, I still – I view Nick Lee as the guy to beat. And I won't call Pletcher a favorite until he goes through that guy. I just think I just think he's got a lot of more ways to score. But, you know, Lee's – He's lost matches as well in the past, so it's definitely an open weight. I think it's just hard to call anyone a favorite in that weight, right? I think it's kind yeah. of uh, when if, if you did a poll, it, it would be, unless just because of the sheer majority of Penn State fans, but it would be more of a plurality as opposed to majority of people just because all those guys are kind of tightly grouped together. And even Pletcher's win, right, it was, it was in overtime, so um, it wasn't as though he blew him out. But for another thing for Pletcher, you know, if you looked at – 
if you looked at like advanced stats, right, in other sports, you have, um, you know, margin victory and like Pythagorean win loss where you kind of based on, yeah, I'm about to explain it. I'm about to explain it. Pythagorean yeah. win loss. So yeah. let me explain it. A Will squared. Willie, help B me squared. out. Willie. <laughs> Side angle side. You take, you take. Points for, points against, and you go, you know, you have a theorem, you go, okay, this is what the projected record would be. For a guy who is a two-time All-American, based on his bonus rate and his margin of victory, you might not necessarily assume that. Now, Pletcher's been winning like that since he was, you know, in Tulsa, but I think that eight pounds got his legs under him because he ripped his way through to the finals, got four bonus point wins. This is a guy who, you know, less than... 20% 20% of his wins in college are bonus point wins. So not only did he knock off the number one guy, he showed some pop and got some pins and, and, and some majors. So now you're looking at, okay, not just potential All-American points, but now we're adding, could we see bonus points from Pletcher at NCAAs? And I think, yeah, I mean, kind of evaluating Ohio State's performance as a team overall, like a result like that at one weight class goes a long long way especially this year when the one and two ranked teams seem like they're so far ahead of the pack that like three through ten is going to be totally in the margins like could be could be anybody so if you've got a guy at 141 pletcher that you think you can count on for big points that's that's huge like that is absolutely enormous in in this whole team race and i think it's a good point that that extra eight pounds maybe puts him in a position to um to, to maybe do more damage in terms of bonus points Last time we saw him at 41, right, was his true freshman year, mm-hmm. and he was, I think, I think he was 12. he was good around a 12, but I think um, as good as he was, wasn't he like planning on going 33 at the start of that year? They had like a, a lineup situation. Keyshawn got hurt. Keyshawn got hurt. That's he was supposed was, to be yeah. 33, and then their 33 that year was NATO, so yeah. he's he was going to redshirt that year. Yeah, and then, but but one thing we always knew with Pletcher is like. There was going to be a, a situation potentially where he was he or Keyshawn were out of the lineup, so it made sense for him to go then. Yeah, that year, so he went and um, you know had, was really solid at forty one. I never thought he'd move up again. I just thought he was yeah stuck really. At 30. No, I fi- I mean you know the forty one. I I never figured he was a particularly big guy, but clearly it's it's been been helpful for him. And you know I I feel like lost in the in the Michigan State Open, everyone. And deservedly so, we're talking about Sasso. That's why I kind of wanted to start with with Pletcher. Yeah. But we do need to get to one Sammy Sasso, man. Because listen, I think we all <laughs> thought he would be really, really good this year. I think he's my preseason pick to to win it. Mm-hmm. But to see him be a bonus machine at this point in the year, but this point in his career, really surprised me. And maybe I. I didn't, as he was running through this bracket, I was like, okay, yeah, wow, he's getting a lot of pins, getting a lot of texts, this guy's pretty good. And then he he proceeds to tech Kanan Store, who, yeah. one, Kanan Store is good. Two, he's wrestled Kanan Store many times. He has lost to Kanan Store. He has beaten yeah. Kanan Store extremely close matches. Kanan Store has not regressed or become something else, like a guy that's just fallen off as he got into college. He's been a mm-hmm. super solid guy. Kanan Store beat Mason Smith at this tournament, right? Uh, mm-hmm. He beat Keyshawn Hayes at this tournament. He's on the level. Yeah. Very good wrestler, Kanan Store. It wasn't like a bad thing. Then 19-4, to four, and, Sammy runs wild on him. And, and that's part of the thing with – tournaments too because when you see an upset or 
you know, at least rankings wise upset or, or or something maybe surprising happens, you and it's a dual meet, you go, All right, well What's going on? Well, you know, right. Well, did the guy have a bad cut? Was he sick? But then when you see it in the finals of a tournament, you go, All right, well, Store was there the rest of the day and, and I think Kanan is uh, one of those guys who's kind of a, a baseline, right? Like a win over him, you kind of can see you're at a certain level, mm-hmm. right? Store is in that whatever seven to ten range, I think, at one forty nine. If you were to to wrestle this year, if you weren't Olympic redshirting, and so now you go, all right, well, we got Sasso number five, and he's been a blue chip his whole career, but now we have very strong data to back up this guy's absolutely on the level, and it's only one weekend, but it's very hard not to, it's very hard not to overreact when you see something like a tech yeah. of. A, a guy in in an all American type position. Yeah, of a guy that beat Keyshawn Hayes and Mason Smith at that tournament mm-hmm. that day. He and then he goes and gets tech. So Sasso is a bonus machine. I want to see him against a guy that's going to push him for seven minutes. It may not matter. He's gonna. He could be. He could enter that growth zone maybe, and where he could be someone that's like, okay, I'm, you're down eight zero. Good luck. I mean, yeah. where yeah. where that level of. But he's a freshman, right? But it's pretty rare to see a freshman. It's not rare to see a freshman come out and win early. Mm-hmm. It is rare to see them come out and dominate elite wrestlers early. There's yeah. not a strong that does not happen often, right? Yeah. Uh, and we've we've seen some generational talents the last few years, especially with the Penn State guys and and Spencer Lee at Iowa. It's a short list of guys that that do things like this, even at this point. This is not some open with that you know we know the opens right without saying them. It was, wasn't that. So I also like that Pletcher and Sasso are going to turn right around and get good tests this week. Pletcher's going to have Real Woods, yeah. and Sasso's going to have Requeer Vandermeer. Both of both of those Ohio State guys are going to be favored in those matches, but those are ranked guys. Those, those are guys that Stanford's going to have yeah. prepared. So you're going to have a, a quick turnaround and go, okay, you had that high, you had that experience, but now you got to come right back and back it up again. I'm so pumped. I get, I'm going to that. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah. You are going to the yeah. opening of the Cavelli Center. Yeah, baby. Uh, I'm really excited for that. <clears throat> so, okay. So that was um, 41, 49. I don't know what else, what the take to the take a Palooza is with Sasso other than, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I think every week we'll know a little bit more, right? Like, if he if he goes out and does the same thing to Requeer Vandermeer this weekend, then yeah. it's like, oh, wow. This might be what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Thinking of other weights. So, 25, we think Decatur's coming down to 125 pounds. I don't know what his descent plan is, but... So you made this mention sometime last week on Mm -hmm. FRL. I can't remember the episode. And we saw Heinzelman compete unattached, Mm -hmm. which he still has a red shirt available. Kenner was at 33, which was the the thing that you said would happen. And Kenner Kenner looked good, right? He got fourth. He uh, had a close one with Philippi. So you, you feel kind of good about Kenner being on a certain level. And... Yeah, that's the thing. Again, with the descent plan, we got to figure out. You know, are we gonna are we gonna maybe see Decatur this week at uh, against Stanford, or how long is it gonna be to take him to get down to one twenty five? If we do see him this week against Stanford, that'd be. I mean, that'd be fun, right? Like that. Townsville Decatur. Yeah, Gabe oh Townsville. Oh my gosh. I like that. Yeah. Um, Someone's getting pinned. <laughs> it just has to happen. There's no way they go seven minutes without pinning each other. Seems likely. <laughs> they could be. It should be first to five pins. Townsville versus Decatur. I like that. That's a, that's a good rule set. Um, <laughs> with, over the weekend, we were watching wrestling and and talking about Heinzelman, wondering how he would look this season. And Heinzelman, like when we had that that semi against Drew Hildebrandt, was like, okay, this it was kind of like circle this match, like this is the next sort of 
tier of guy that we have to see Heinzelman beat. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I was wondering, like, he, if he wins that, if he goes on and wins the tournament, are we maybe not having this conversation? Yeah. Or, you know, does that – so I do kind of wonder if Heinzelman's results this weekend maybe force Ohio State's hands a little bit with Decatur. Yeah, a little – it could be that. Um, you know, the, another interesting thing with uh, with 25, not to shift off of – there's a lot of really good guys at this bracket. Yeah. Yes. So, so Kolioko – um, is someone that I you had as a preseason All American, yep. as did I think Willie felt very comfortable about I it. I feel good. I felt good about it too. And not that he did bad. He, he lost three two to Brock Hudkins, and this is a true freshman, right? This is not a mm-hmm. redshirt freshman. He's at Penn. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, so he lost to Brock Hudkins, who's good now at Indiana, and he lost to Schroeder four three. So he's right there in these matches. He beat some dudes. Um, but thoughts on the on the opening uh, run for for Michael Kolioko? I have long felt that Kolioko is Koli, number one. Kolioko is a guy who, when he's on, just looks completely unstoppable. Yes. But he will occasionally have matches that um, either make you scratch your head or or, or whatever. And, and I think this was this was one of those because when when I watched the match with Hudkins, he looked. I don't know tentative or you know maybe I'm maybe I'm underrating Hudkins baseline defense but it just looked like he was having trouble deciding uh, which way to attack Hudkins and how to get to his offense and so I I don't know if that's you know true freshman growing pains or if yeah. Hudkins is you know I mean Hudkins look Hudkins is a senior right that's been around the game a long time oh and by the way his coach was a national champion world team member yeah. mm-hmm. at that weight so maybe it's just being around Angel Escobedo makes you yeah. a lot better right Absolutely. so I, I really don't want to take away um, anything from Hudkins I just I I have seen Cole Yoko's talent level enough times to know that this is a result that he can reverse it's just a matter of, of him getting to his offense and I don't know what specifically holds him back in some of these matches. I don't know if it's a technique thing or what. I, I need to get a little more input there. Um, but I still feel very comfortable that Cole Yoko is going to be on the podium in March. Yeah, and, you know, he's losing close. He split with Schroeder, so he lost to Schroeder, but he beat him first. So these things happen, and it was a really tough uh, first tournament for someone as good he, as— He lost to number 9 and number 11 as a yeah. true freshman in his first college tournament. Yeah, so he's, he's all right. Sky's not falling. Now— um, so that we did 33, we discussed a little bit. Mickey beats Madrigal. Uh, Piotrowski's up at, at 33, and Duncan's up at 41 for Illinois, which is notable. And uh, Kinner Watch will be fun and exciting for, for the Buckeyes this year. With um, Illinois, so they had Cardani, who was a very good backup option. And then with those guys moving up, so is there going to be somebody out? We didn't see Mikey Carr this weekend. So is it. Yeah, what are they doing? Right, so is, is could Duncan be out if Carr comes back? Could Piotrowski be – look, Piotrowski – Are they all descending maybe? Right, could they all be on descent? I, you know, I didn't see the, the weigh-in sheet. Or so what, Why wouldn't Carr just go 49 potentially? That's Right, that's another thing. Could Carr be working his way up? That would be is, my guess. We, we didn't see him at mm-hmm. all. So um, some interesting lineup decisions there. And then, of course, uh, for Illinois they had uh, – Lucas Bird, at he was in the finals of the freshman and sophomore division at 133. So Bird looked maybe putting on some weight, or maybe they're saying don't cut weight your freshman year because it looks like he's going to be redshirting. Yeah, so which I we expected. I think a team like Illinois they need to find those guys in the lineup. They can't have Duncan and 
car battling out a spot. They need to get their, get their the best horses they have. They need to have they need to have out there. Yeah, they don't need to have Musa Joda losing in the first round to a man named Trevor Chumley. We don't which is that. what happened at the Messi Open. That is what mm-hmm. happened. He got chumlied. He got chumlied. Uh, we already talked about the KC Stampede, which was 157. <laughs> which had a lot of guys in it. I mean, I tell you what, really good tournament. Um, Artelona loses to Coleman. Um, excited to watch Anthony this year um, up a weight. Yeah, for, I really like that move up for him. Yeah. For for Ohio State, um, not, not amazing showings from Cleary or Maddox, but – you have to assume helps on the way with Keyshawn. But Keyshawn injury he, defaulted. He did, but uh he'll be back. He's okay. okay. He's okay. Nothing and poor guy. He's had you know, he's been out for a while with injury up to this point. That's why he didn't wrestle off Sasso. Um but he'll be back. Okay. Sounds like everything's gonna be fine there. And then at sixty five, Carson Karshler is gonna make them yeah. make a decision, right? It's mm-hmm. at the time it's like super close. But uh, so Ethan Smith lost to Reese Hughes in the very first round. Now, to Smith's credit, he wrestled all the way back for third, which is always a great side. Yeah. He beat Lezak. Jacob. Uh, I was like, wow, Lezak up at 65. <laughs> Keller. It's not, not surprising. Not surprising. Not a horrible cut, but, you know, he still had to do it. <laughs> um, he beat uh, Wenzel, and then I don't think there was a match for third with Bronagil, based on what the bracket says. I think you run into some like match limits on those yeah. one day sure. mega opens. But so Smith wrestled back, so he's uh he didn't do horrible, he just didn't do, you know, as good as his teammate Carson Karchler, who beat Cam Amin, who I think we all are high on, and then um He was another one. I was kinda surprised to see him up at sixty five. I thought he was gonna be a fifty seven, kind of based on where he was yeah. in high school. But yeah, with with Smith, it's if he had Lost first round and then not wrestled back. Right then, you'd be really concerned, or you know, yeah, not concerned in the sense that they still have another option there. But then it's like, all right, we gotta, we want to see it. So you saw the, the 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 fight back out of him to wrestle back for third, and then um, Karchla. You know, it was a weird wait because you, you saw this a couple times. What was with the med forfeits in the semis? Did you guys get anything from coaches on that? Because I no. saw a few of them, and I just wasn't sure if they were. Actual injuries or just coaches Sometimes. saying, hey, we're here to wrestle three matches and then we're done. Yeah, you see that. that. Mm-hmm. You see that on occasion uh, because Wenzel forfeited out of the tournament. I right. think everyone's just so cautious at this time of year. So 65, Karchla, I mean, he's he's who we thought he was. Yeah. And uh, they're going to have a decision. But, you know, Ethan Smith, he's going he's gonna to have Shane Griffith uh, Sunday. And that's a, that's a test. He beats Shane Griffith and all of a sudden it's like, wow, yeah, it's yeah. great. I hope we see that. Oh, I that hope match? They pull him in there, yeah. <clears throat> oh, or you want? You no, want sorry, Karchler. I want Karchler in there. Oh, I want, you want Kar- I want to see Karchler in that match. Okay, that's what I want. They're not gonna do it. I don't gonna. think. You never know. But if, but yeah, you're right. If Ethan Smith wins that match on Sunday, then like now maybe he's the guy. I don't think because if you pull Karchler, you have made a final decision at your right. weight in yeah. the second week of the season. Ethan Smith's maybe too good for for making that decision right now. For right now, yeah. I think if Karchler. Continues and what if he goes to Midlands and does something does amazing there, wins it or places second? I know Marinelli will be there and probably some other good guys, but if he does that, then yeah, it's not as though they had a guy go zero and two. Yes, their guy got third. This is not a yeah. hole in their lineup. Yeah. yeah, and they they know what they have. And I wonder if it's a little bit adjusting to the weight 
Right? He was a 74 all last year. He was at 82 in high school. Yeah, I, and never, I, say, I always throw that out. Though. I know, Those just guys, not that he was a big 82. Just, wasn't he in wasn't Maryland? He was, yeah, he hasn't been yeah. getting himself down to that weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much weight do the guys cut in Maryland when they're like ranked second in the country? <laughs> There's not going to be a lot. It's a fair the, point. You're, you're going mega crab cakes at that situation. 74. <laughs> Double up. 74. Uh, Caleb Romero wins it. He lost his wrestle off to, to Rocky Jordan. Rocky... Um, which man, for me, I was I was crazy high on Rocky coming. I've just I've always been high on the Jordan family in general, and typically that works. <laughs> so out. It's worked out well it's for it. you. Yeah. Uh, so, but Rocky lost seventeen to seven to Anthony Mantinona, who is capable of anything. It's yeah. Point. It's no shame giving up seventeen to Mantinona, but a lot of guys find a way to win the match when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you'll put up twenty two, uh, but uh, Mantinona and. You know, you say, oh, wow. When that happened, I was like, holy cow, Mantanona's like, got then he lost to DJ Shannon, 7-2. to two, Yeah. Who lost to Caleb Romero, 4-2. So I'm like, all right, well, I don't even know what yeah, this means. Yeah, a lot of weird stuff there. So, uh, again, getting back to the med forfeit thing, right? Light, uh, Lighty med, med forfeits to DJ Shannon in the quarters. Joey Gunther med forfeits to Romero in the quarters. So we didn't get to see those matches. Yeah. DJ Shannon, a guy who was a Super 32 finalist, was committed to a school that – changed their coach so then spent a year at the olympic training center now at illinois looking pretty dang good so far i mean i i would assume they keep dj shannon in a red shirt because they have gunther dadke bradke's favorite oh, wrestler joey gunther by the way yeah we forgot oh yeah we should probably mention i had a that. whole plan i had oh, a whole yeah. plan pull it up look at this oh, check it wow. out baby bracky that is hayden thomas bracky I meant to do – I had such a better plan I, to go from Willie straight to Circle of Life. Our buddy, Stephen Kyle Brackey, now a father to a healthy boy. It was Saturday. It was truly the Circle of Life because Will, Willie, uh, Willie quit Saturday and this sweet baby boy, Hayden Thomas Brackey, eight pounds flat, which I feel like is a great sign for a wrestler if you come in at point, <laughs> point oh oh. Yeah. He made it. He, he didn't cut too much. <laughs> Out of it, I know that always drives Brock Height crazy when he sees the guys come in a, a half a pound under. They cut their water out wrong, so he did it right. Um, Mama and the baby and uh, look at, and, and Steve are doing great. So, um, so pumped for Kyle and his family. And um, man, it's so it's you know one of the coolest parts about this job is is the you know I talk about with Willie you know the friendships and working with Bracky for five years and. You know, guy, seeing the guy get married and start his family—it's really, really cool. So we're happy for Kyle. Um, what better way to welcome young Hayden into the world than by talking about Joey Gunther, <laughs> possibly losing his lineup spot to DJ Shannon? <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't—I don't know—I don't—I don't see yeah. that happening, right? I don't either. Uh, there's no way. I, I think that would be uh, lineup mismanagement to do that. So Rocky, Rocky then lost to uh, Kovac of. Well, wait, formerly Wisconsin. Now he's at Indiana. Mm-hmm. I get that mixed up. Mantanona wrestled back for third. Wrestled back for third. Uh, so that was 74. Good job by Romero. I'm assuming Romero's going to get the nod for Stanford. You would think. You'd have to. I mean, you win the Open. You won the whole thing. That The wrestle-offs won. I mean, that's, to me, the coaching 101 thing is to do that. And I wonder, I wonder this. Do we see... The reports were Rocky was a was a big young man. So that's Does what I wanted to get to. Maybe go up. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get to. Was so when you when you looked at the 
wrestle off, right? The the match with Romero that Rocky won, but we didn't necessarily see a lot of pop at a Rocky, right? We didn't see a lot of persistent attacks. So, and then we saw his performance here. So, is it maybe a tougher cut than we're thinking right now and that maybe he just needs to be to be up. Yeah. I th- I think I could definitely be a thing. I think it's a co- could be rusty too, you know. He didn't wrestle he all last wrestled, year. Yeah. So I I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll follow the the Rocky Jordan saga. Um, it's hard to envision a Jordan not in the lineup, but that really is. Yeah. It's like what? Yeah. Starting. It's a Buckeye tradition. Yeah. It's a Badger tradition too. It's a Badger tradition. It's a Big Ten tradition, unlike any other. Uh, so then at eighty four, which is the reason we're suggesting maybe a move up, you know. Um, so we saw Nino. Uh, Bonacorsi, he won, beating Jelani Embry seven to one. I I love this guy. Forty nine points he, in four matches. He is a point scoring <coughs> machine. Yeah, I think I think uh, you know if you followed in high school, everyone knew how good he was. And then last year he had a really solid showing, just missing the podium. And now I think this year he, he he's going to be in the mix because you know a lot cleared out. There's no more Miles Martin, and man, he is just such a stud. Cleared out. You're with Keith Gavin. Who yes. Yep. Gavin was pretty dang good around that yep. weight. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, again, the the ability to, or not even ability, just the fearlessness to want to just constantly score and get to your offense. And look, sometimes it got him in trouble as a freshman, right? He would shoot himself out of matches. Sometimes he would get himself Taylor in trouble. Vance. Yeah, yeah, the cradle, right? He was, he was up big in that match. So, yes, there's growing pains along with that. But how many coaches go, yeah, give me the guy that's taking yeah. 18 shots and we'll figure out the clean, you know, the little bit of cleaning up part later. Yeah. I think that's exactly what we're going to have with, with Nino this year. I, I think he's, it'll you know, Zahid is Zahid, and he's, I don't know, it's kind of like with Gross. It's like, it's Gross and everyone else at 33, in my opinion. It's Zahid and everyone else at 84, in my opinion, and Ben Darmstadt. Uh, so he's, but he's going to be in that mix with 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 Ben, with Jakur, with all those other guys, Vins, et cetera, to, to make the finals. And you take a guy with a lot of offense to, to do something like that. But Hoffman... Um, a lot to talk about from this week. Yeah. You know, Gavin Hoffman kind of struggled uh, some more. The Schne- uh, Schneider was the kid that beat him, right? Steiner. Um, Steiner. Dang it. I didn't. See, he wasn't in this bracket yeah. as far as I could tell. So I don't know what that means for 184 for the Buckeyes. Was he down at – let me check the – But I'm, I'm wondering if, if Gavin is just a 97 and that's just maybe the hmm. – Although he was 84 last year and it was okay. So I don't know. He was 84 last year. He – he is very tall. He is, you know, well, a six one. So maybe no six one. Spay was saying, "All right, Spay." Spay was on. saying he is at the same height as Spay. Man, okay, I don't know. Is Spay six one? I think so. Oh, yeah. Spay's Spay's All right. Spay's a big unit. But I know I know that. I I thought I don't know. Do you think he's taller than that? I thought he's six zero. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. Can we get some clarification on Spay and Gavin Hoffman's height here immediately? Um, I didn't think he was that tall, but, yeah, he's big. And so with Hoffman, you see him lose the wrestle-off. You see him ha- have some struggles here. Do you maybe do you maybe not wrestle him against Stanford and say, hey, let's let's get the week off, get you back right? Or is it, hey, man, we need you in this lineup. We got to keep going. We got to. Who's going to be? Uh, well, Steiner. No, no, no. I'm saying who's, who's he going to wrestle for Stanford? Oh. Well, obviously, Steiner should start, you would think. I mean, he won the wrestle-off. Yeah, well, that's also true. Traxler. 
He's down at 84. Oh, sorry. I thought we were talking 97. I got so confused. Wait, did you, I was thinking about. Could I was, maybe should be. We were thinking about 97, and I was thinking about space height. And I know. Got derailed. It happens. It happens. So I don't know what they're going to do at 84. 97, Collimore won in overtime. Sudden victory against. Who was it? Who was it was it? Jake Woodley. Yeah, and, Jake and, Woodley. And that was another one I wanted to. That match made me think a lot. <laughs> made me think about a lot of things. Number mm. one. Should be good. Yeah. Number one, did Jake Woodley just jump a tier, right? Jump a level. Is he now in that conversation of guys that, you know, can can be highly placing All-American? Number two, um, it is really hard to – like, we forget how many times guys win matches by one or two or in overtime that are highly ranked that, you know, we've seen it from Markov, we've seen it from Chendo sometimes where it's just like – Sometimes you just got to survive in advance. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, I mean, one thing, one, I don't think what what's Woodley ranked, right? Like, I, I think Amar Call's not having sudden victory matches with guys that, that are around Woodley's approximate tier. So, one, and Woodley's 17th. So, two, there's, there's a couple things could be going on. Yeah, Woodley could have jumped levels. This is a guy who's who I think he's beaten Jacob Warner before, right? Mm-hmm. He's really good. But I didn't really show it last year, so his results put him where he is. But I'd look at it more as Colin Moore is someone who match to match, even in the same tournament, you don't know, he'll kind of like appear to be gassing against uh, Orndorff or whatever, and then he'll just smash somebody. Yeah. So you just don't really know um, with Colin necessarily. But he's all. But he typically, even in those matches, finds a way to get his hand raised. So sometimes it's just tournament to tournament. You don't know. And, uh, and like you said, like round around. I mean, look at his path. Fall, major, major, tech, overtime. Right. Bizarre, right? Yeah. Woodley, I mean, Woodley, I, I do wonder his freestyle summer, right? Like making the U23 trials finals against Bo, Nickel, and like, you know, holding them to like – not an immediate text match. Yeah, has to. I mean, Which that is has an to, accomplishment. That, it really is. Like it, it's, you know, it sounds like a joke, but like it really is an accomplishment. And I wonder if, I wonder if he kind of has had a little bit of a revelation this summer. Like, man, I can really go with these dudes. He definitely can. And then at heavyweight, we we when Mason Paris absolutely annihilated everyone at Junior Worlds, we were like, wait, this could have just happened before our eyes. Like where he went from. The raw talent, got football player that's kind of been mixing his thing all through high school to now he's fully focused. He was a true freshman. And you saw it in his wrestling. It's like you saw how good he was. And you saw it's like, okay, it's a guy who still has some mistakes to clean up. And for him to go 9-2, fall, 8-0, 14-3, and then 9-2 over Matt Stencil, who – Pinned him in the first period the last two times they wrestled. Yeah, including okay. I the blood they, round. I thought they split – Last year, I thought they traded like thirty he, second pins. Mason pinned him in. All right, listen to this. Mason pinned him in fourteen seconds, <laughs> in like his first weekend. Then he got pinned two different times. I looked it up this morning by him. I'll, I'll look it up. Once at uh, he got pinned in the round of twelve to place at yeah. NCAA. So they wrestled three times and none of them made out of like the first period. Yes, correct. That's exactly minute, right. So yeah. it's great progression for both of them to not get pinned by each other at yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But. It also shows, all right, he's he's coming along, right? And we, we knew it was just a matter of time. And But does he jump into that conversation with, <laughs> with uh, dare I say, a Kassar? Or is he just, uh, let's, let's jump him into the All-American conversation and then we'll see. So here, I'll bring it up. He lost to him in 30 seconds at Midlands. 
uh, and that was not a tech. It was actually a pin. He was not teched in 30 seconds. That's good. And then at NCAAs, two minutes and 30 seconds. And then the aforementioned 14-second pinfall um, at the Michigan State Open. Wow, comes full circle. I'm going to go hand up here because I did not pick him to place my preseason, preseason preview. Accountable. Because – the way he was, the way he was getting guys at juniors was with that same dump, right? The same fireman's, and so <clears throat> my concern was, is this guy just a hoss who was athletically on a different plane than all these guys at junior worlds? And you know, sometimes we, we uh, like last year, there were times where we're like, man, this this guy's still kind of figuring out how to get his sea legs under him as a Division One wrestler. Sea legs, but man, I guess you bet on talent, huh? Yeah, talent coaching. So he's gonna be he's gonna be a lot of fun uh, this year. Looking forward to watching, see what Mason Paris does. That was the Michigan State Open. Oh my gosh! Here we are. We're gonna um, go speed round here. Yeah, maybe a little speed round. So we had the AFC Championship game duels uh, in San Diego, Wisconsin uh, beat Army, Fresno State, and the Navy. They looked solid. Really close one with. With Army, and we had some questions about that duel. You know, what does it say about Wisconsin that they had a close match like that with Army? It was like one. Wisconsin's ranked fourth in tournament rankings because they have Seth Gross, who accounts for like 20 points, and they have some really highly ranked guys. But in duels, things can go a little, you know, one upset a la Ogunsanya over Martin mm-hmm. can make a duel a lot more interesting. And like a, y- a-, a Wyland over model. Or modal, probably model, M-O-D-E-L is pronounced model, model. doesn't mean anything in the NCAA tournament because those yeah. are guys that are not – but here it has just as much weight as a, a Seth Gross or a, or an Evan Wick win, right? It's a, it's a couple things. Number one, both – there were eight matches that went how he expected and two that didn't go. They each got one. I thought Shalfu was going to beat uh, Cullen. Yep. And I thought – that Martin would beat Ogunsanya. Do you think Stewart would beat Sebastian? Because I didn't. I figured Seb- Johnny would win. No, I had Stewart winning that yeah. one. Stewart's, Stewart's ranked. Yeah. Sebastian's yeah, yeah. not wrestled a whole lot. Um, so you have – so you, you kind of – when you actually look at the matchups, it went – the score-wise kind of went as expected. Yeah. And I am like 99% sure that Army qualified all 10 guys last year. No. For – they were – they qualified a lot. It wasn't 10. All right. So it was 9 or 10. So you have a Kevin Ward team that, look, this is what Kevin Ward has done at Army. They yeah. yeah, they get guys to a certain level, and you have to come out and be prepared every time you wrestle them. And, you know, just like every other team, Wisconsin has a, a few um, things they need to figure out in their lineup, a few guys that, that need to get on the level of some of these Army guys to push them forward as a team. So I – I wasn't terribly surprised with it. These, yeah. yeah, the Army guys, like, it's not just about, like, the wins and losses in this duel for me. Like, you know, you see Kale McCormick hold a decision to a seven-point decision. Exactly. You see you see Ben Sullivan hold a decision to a seven-point decision with Trent Hilger. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, you know, maybe you would think outmatched, but, like, they are scrapping and clawing for that extra point. They made it a one-point duel, right? right. So, yeah, th- yeah, you're right. Kevin Ward teams, they know how to fight. Yes, that's uh... – that's my that's the main takeaway. It's like, man, just get used to it. Army's Army's a really tough team, well coached, and they've got a lot of tough guys. So they're gonna they're gonna be a tough duel out against a team that's just not nails top to bottom because they've got yeah. legit dudes at every uh, at every what 
and then, most weights, you know. And then for a couple last things for me out of that, we saw Birchmeyer roll, rolled out right away for Navy, so they got their true freshman uh, heavyweight going right away. And then no Olivas yes. for Fresno State. Yeah, Gaxiola Gaxiola looked in. good. Yeah, Gaxiola got, got some wins, so could Gaxiola now just be the guy? Because um, he won his wrestle-off. We didn't see Olivas in the wrestle-off, so. Keep an eye on that going forward. Seven qualifiers for the Army Black Knights. Speaking of Black Knight, Black Knight Invitational. Who was I thinking of then? My apologies. Iowa State. Yeah, maybe. They had nine. Either way, Kevin Ward's a good coach. Yeah. No, seven. Seven NCAA qualifiers is excellent. Yes. Yeah, that's good. So, um, yeah, Black Knight Invitational next week. I'll live. be there. He will be there. Live I'll be there. Well, holy cow. Oh, I'm that's right. You'll be there too. I'll be there too. Yeah, baby. I will not be there. I regret to inform you. You guys are doing. Loser. You guys are doing the 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 weekend of dreams. Farrell and then Bill, Black Knight. Bill Farrell, Black Knight. Man. Wow, you can't beat it. So that's gonna be exciting. Penn State's gonna be there. Michigan's gonna be there. Can we see Kassar? Kassar Paris. Oh, sign me up. I would. Yeah. I would. I think I would watch it. Last year that didn't watch. go as well for Mason. Well, but he got we just say jump levels. So jump levels. Two super freak athletes. Uh, I'm I'm here for it. All right, now, so we're we're, on, we're past the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Now what? Um, other relevant duels. I guess we should go to the to your old home, man. Laradice. Yeah. The Wyoming Cowboy Open, where the biggest result, in my opinion, I think probably inarguably, was Therius Robeson taking out Montori Bridges. Really, yeah. cl- really close match. I, I mean, I I wrote up a preview for the tournament. I didn't put Robeson in the preview because. He's on the football roster for Northern Colorado. <laughs> Fair. His, his his photo in the wrestling roster is from his football roster photo. He's <laughs> wearing a really? football uniform yes. on his wrestling roster page. And uh, and so I thought two things. Day. Yeah, yeah. I thought one, um, you know, if he's on a football sideline sideline somewhere, he's obviously not gonna be at the Cowboy Open. And two, if he's been playing football, how on earth will he make 133 pounds? But he did make 133 and he was at the Cowboy Open and uh, man, he looked Really, really good. He looked good. I like him. And but a little bit for me is, you know what? Early season Montori is a different dude, right? I think last year, I mean, I think everyone knows when Montori's clicking, he's elite, elite, elite. Really, really good. But we saw last year he had some early season struggles. I think he DMP'd at CKLV. He had some weird losses that made him like a nightmare to rank. But so it's a little bit of okay, Therius is on the level. And a little bit of, okay, Montori's going to get there, and he's going to get it back. And it was a one-takedown match. And even watching that match, I thought Montori looked so big. I think yeah. I don't think the weight is easy for him to make right now, but super talented guy. I think he's going to be fine. But So I think you learn a, a little bit there. Robinson's takedown, I mean, we saw that with him a lot in high school. That was so pretty. His yeah, that, that duck. I mean, I, like, I don't know what he's doing on that duck to get Montori – down to a knee and ultimately ultimately a hip right like but he's he's doing something right uh, yeah it's really cool um and, and yeah i mean it's not like robeson like smashed the field i mean he had decisions all the way through mm-hmm. um including in the semis over colin pointer our favorite pointer brother pointer i think brother. he's really he's he's good um uh i don't actually know if he's good at wrestling but yeah one po- of the pointer brother thing in there uh so <laughs> but yeah so i mean but it went over bridges with and, and hitting that takedown is like it's huge and fits into this Northern Colorado story that we've been following ever since they started pulling guys into this yeah. recruiting class, right? Like they had five champs at this tournament. 
normally did Austin Matthews wrestle. Austin Matthews did not wrestle, and they had five chances this oh, tournament. Yeah. So, um, and you know, you know, you know who I missed until this weekend on the Northern Colorado lineup. I didn't realize uh, that um, Clothier was was head transferred in from App State at mm-hmm. eighty four. So that's another NCAA qualifier, and they look. And, and he solid. won. He beat. Uh, Samson was ranked number 18 at yep. the time, so that's a that's a good win for Northern Colorado. So yeah. they have two really good true freshmen. Oh, they also have Moshe Schwartz. I'm not sure what his He was at U23s. He was doing that. <clears throat> but So my question is, do they – because Alirez is going this year. I think yeah, he was he was in – he was suited out. You yeah. Know? yeah, he was not – he competed attached. Wow. Which is awesome. Yes, yeah, so they're, not, they're not – no hesitation there. So what do they do with Therius? Do they wrestle him this year? I actually, I, I think you you send out your best ten. I wonder what weight do they think um, Moshe's going to be. That's what I wondered. He he's on the roster at twenty five. They want him at twenty five. But, but but right they had uh, they had Jace Kelzer knock off Cole Verner in the semis of the Cowboy Open. Yeah, who was Verner's ranked fourteenth, right? Um, and then he he dropped a match in the finals to Sidney Flores. But if Kelzer is is a guy at twenty five, a potential qualifier, and if Moshe is better at 25 maybe maybe you sit you know theorists for a year they got some um, dudes they got have to make in roster Greeley. choices yeah, in yeah. Greeley, so that's that's cool it's awesome so good job by coach nickerson and staff there and then one last thing from cowboy open we saw we saw a fairly good number of high schoolers compete this weekend mm-hmm. so cowboys one of those ones where they had an elite and an amateur an amateur of course mainly being the right those freshman guys so julian tag josh saunders and rocky elam all out of the eap won uh, their amateur division weights. So that was cool to see. Very cool. Now, um, Hayden Hastings looked good. Um, they had a champ at 97 Wyoming. So Kale Davidson, yeah. Yep, so the solid there. All right, so that was that. Clarion open. Carter Storaki looked good. Um, Bolsek getting revenge over Michael Beard was definitely notable as we've been like, if Connell is – it's hurt or anything would they would they use beard right away and i mm-hmm. think beard uh before he's you know he's a number one ranked guy coming out but i think he's gonna need this season to be an elite guy next year although it's just one tournament could be an overreaction i mean it feels like a uh an execution kind of issue or you know match yeah. tactics issue with with uh beard he scored plenty in that match right yeah. like he can get to his takedowns uh, against Balzic and he you know he, I mean he beat him last year you know yeah. said. so um, yeah that that felt like a match that if you're a Penn State fan um, maybe you're a little nervous about about Beard's I don't know if you want to say regression uh, yeah. but at least yeah, compared to just compared to his trajectory com- maybe his opponent. yeah just yeah. it was a guy he it was a good guy he previously beat that now he's losing to right had yeah. lost to uh, also, Joe Lee coming in, so you got to see the young guys, right? He won 165, uh, as CP mentioned. Staraki won 74. Ed Scott, high schooler and NC yeah. State commit, made the finals, Get gave a good one with Brock Zacherl, so Wolfpack fans should be pretty happy with, with that result. And no then kidding. and then t- another one, Penn State. I, I don't know how he's going to – if he's going to start for them, but – Terrell Bearclaw getting third. He's a guy I always like coming out of high school. So, again, Penn State with a sneaky little bit of depth there, uh, 149. Oh, White Henson also got yeah. third, uh, Iowa commit. Yes, indeed. He's but a junior, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Ed Scott, good job. Zach Earl avoids the, the upset of upsets and uh, gets it done there. 
So that was Clarion. Um, any other super duels to discuss as I peruse through here? I think that was – oh, Virginia Tech, Missouri. Yeah. Definitely mm. notable. Virginia Tech, got to be feeling good about this if you're a Hokie fan. They put <laughs> it on them 29-10 to 10 over Tiger style. There was a forfeit at 33. Hart did not make weight there. But, you know, Joey Prada beat Dak Punky. I, I think – I always like Joey Prod just because he's a Virginia guy and I've watched it his career, but I always wonder if he'd be big enough or if he'd ever even find a way to, to start. And obviously Latona had a good showing at the Southeast Open and maybe mm-hmm. their best yeah. on paper option right now. Maybe they go with him, but I think they've got an NCAA qualifier level guy with Prada because I think we all know Punky's pretty good. So to see him get that win, um, you got to be feeling. You do have to be feeling good about that. Mm-hmm. For Missouri, um, and I don't want to. Oh make excuses for them. Apparently, they had a nightmare travel day. Really? That was approximately 19 hours long. They didn't get until like 2 in the morning. Oh, wow. And uh-huh. lost their bags and had to... Oh, I, uh, I saw something about that. I saw Brian Smith's tweet. Yeah. They had to like go to Walmart and just buy the Fruit of the Loom sweats. <laughs> yeah. So, by no means taking anything away from Virginia Tech, but these are the <laughs> things sometimes you have to deal with as a, coll- you know, as a college program on your travel, right? There's delays all over the country. So, uh, to tough... Tough sledding there for Missouri, and then and then Hart. You know, you wonder if it was related to the travel or just you know it's it's tough weight cut for him because he made weight the next day and made the finals of the Southeast Open. I think yeah. they got a pound there, so just maybe something to keep an eye on in the Tigers lineup. Christian, if your if your dad would have been making that trip, he would have had no trouble because nineteen hours nineteen hours is nothing is nothing, and he he wears the whole he wears all of his clothes. Exactly. On the plane. So. Big mistake by Tiger Style. Tracy Piles wears all his clothes, so his warm-ups would be on. <laughs> he would have this singlet on. Yep. There's nothing he wouldn't be wearing. He'd be ready to go at all times because he's he's in a very adaptable um, septuagenarian. So maybe they could learn a little something. They could learn a little something for a little he, – he can't teach much wrestling, but he can teach you about about economy, uh, economy travel. Yeah, economy travel. Now, thinking about um, the Tigers here, two matches this – um, this weekend made me say folk style scoring makes me sad. One was Russell Rolfing Brayton Lee. Folk style scoring makes me sad there because Brayton four takedowns to one. I mean, he was just that was such a goofy match. Was, but that's and then uh, but that's rough. That's Rolfing though, right? He's goofy. That Rolfing Dude. will get you in those kinds of matches. That was a classic sleeper freshman upset loss match that. Brayton Lee avoided. Yeah. So I, I give a lot of credit for Brayton finding a way to win. And he kept shooting. I was like, oh, boy, he's going right into the wheelhouse. But I think being head outside so much on those uh, left side high crotches sh- kind of played away from where Russell was mm-hmm. really good. And then the other one that made me sad was Bolin over Wisman. Bolin was – Bolin kind of dominated that match. I don't know if you got to see it or not, but he was dominating the the takedown margin. But it ended up being a 10-9 win for, for Bolin. But the, the, the guy that I believe – wrestled the best one both matches but Hunter Bullen looked good I think Connor Flynn is a guy he's, he look, had a great Southeast Open the prophecy fulfilled uh, a couple years late but it's happening with him McFadden looked great over Mako who I think is gonna have uh, gonna be a little bit before he yeah he had a tough weekend he did but he'll get there you know he's young and he's in the right program for development right we see the sure. guys that the stick around the Missouri program uh, always end up improving. Mahler, Mahler looks the part, though. I tell you what, he's. <laughs> we posted that clip of him uh, on Instagram against de Blasi. And, man, he is just 
his movement is just so it's like exactly what you teach it's in and out it's left right just like, you don't know whether he's coming or going uh, i think a lot of him and he's certainly in the mix for a title and you can sign me up for brock Mahler versus sammy sasso uh, every day of the week cause yeah I'm, I'm here for that match and the scrambles in that match come on that's two like tremendous two wizards right so that was that duel, Southeast Open. I don't know if there's anything you want to get into. Well, I didn't actually – I should have watched it, but you did. Perez Monday what a had match. a wild ending, right? Yes. It did. So it was uh, down late, 3-1, Perez was leading. And it, the whole time I felt like – I was like, Monday's going to get a takedown here. And he does because Monday can just get in on legs so easily and he can finish from extended. So he finds a way, shot to – actually comes up, I think – uh, to a seatbelt, to a body lock, to a finish with under 10 seconds to go. And he kind of is in a good position to ride, and it, but ends up in a weird spot on his back, but sort of a claw, tilty thing. And Perez reverses him, and Monday just lays there and gets pinned with like one second left. Where And I, I'm seriously wondering, I don't think he would have, but it was kind of like questionable if Monday was getting swipes so it could have been a scenario where Monday got swipes, got reversed. It could have been an overtime match. I don't, mm. I don't know that that would have happened, mm-hmm. but it was, it was that kind of a crazy ending. Mm-hmm. But you know, Perez looked the part for sure. You know, Monday, someone I was crazy high on coming into this year at 165, and it looks like it'll be uh, a, a little bit there for for them. Um, but, but yeah, it, I mean, good it's match. A, it's good to see him back and like, I mean, he looks. He mm-hmm. looks pretty much where he was. I mean, last year, he, you know, I think everyone was really excited about him and then almost had to, like, put out an Amber Alert when he disappeared. Like, where, like what happened to this guy? Some, yeah. Somebody abducted him or what? Uh, so he's back. That's good. Um, but, and, and yeah, that match, if you haven't watched it, that's, that's fun, especially yeah. at the end. But uh, one of the crazy things to me in, the, in that, not just that match, but kind of, you know, Quentin Perez as one of the torchbearers for Campbell is like, man, that team has seven ranked dudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, they went from a couple years ago, they had their first All-American. Uh, Colat had his first All-American with Nathan Kreiser. And it was like, okay, like a guy could go to this school and get it done. And now they have a lineup full of guys that, like, are tough outs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hand up again on my part. I hate when I write a preview wow. and I'm hemming and hawing about a guy and whether I should put him in or not. And I, I did end up putting in Monday. I didn't put in Perez as like a sleeper for, and then of course he goes and beats him first week. Darn so it. my bad, Camels fans. Go with your gut. And then uh, another thing we saw, it was cool to see the amount of transfers do well. Matt Waddell, what, he's a Georgia kid, went to Oklahoma, now is at UTC. He had a good win over Wisman, ended up falling to Andrew Morgan, another Campbell kid in the finals. Um, so just some some interesting results for some uh, transfers. You know, Clothier, Waddell. Um, Hudkins, so that's kind of the little things that you, you may miss on opening weekend. Yeah, there there was obviously a lot, and that was just one weekend. No, not even a full slate of stuff. Not every team is even wrestled yet, yeah. right? And that's one of the interesting things. It's like we have so many thoughts about Ohio State mm-hmm. and what you know what they did in their wrestle offs, and they sent basically their whole team to this open. It's like Iowa and Penn State. Who knows where they're at right now? Yeah. We, we we figure they're they're going to be really good because they are every single year. But it's like they have the benefit of they haven't had to put out anything at this point, right? We haven't mm-hmm. had to see. There's no so 
there is a little bit of that. It's like, well, we don't know where Penn State is. We don't know where Iowa is. I think we'll find out the next weekend where exactly both those teams are, and I think we'll we'll think they're the two best. But there is a little bit of that. Well, it's really early now. It is early for everyone, as I was reminded of when I said that um, earlier this weekend. So. Uh, what you want to just close out with a couple Princeton Open and Rutgers quad thoughts, and then we'll get to QSMFs. I love talking quads, dude. Go for it. So Rutgers quad. First of all, Rutgers uh, just no no red shirts necessary for anyone. Is Joe Jaragona going to win a title? <laughs> there are some people in the Greater New Jersey area that think it's a possibility, dude. Speaking of like, he's a sensation. Time, yeah, times when maybe the the score system doesn't like. Uh, you know, explain the action as well as it could. Jojo Aragona is going to lead the NCAA in mat returns this year. I think he lets the guys to his feet just so he can like spike them on the mat. Yeah, we're starting and to counter. It's, it's unbelievable. And if if he could wrestle like every match on that stage at Beat the Streets, he would have dudes in the crowd on a regular basis. Yeah, box jumps. Yeah. Thinking of quads. Imagine his quads after box jumping great. onto the onto, <laughs> That's a great point. onto the stage. Yeah, a lot of people don't think about that. <laughs> so you, you have him go. You have Jackson Turley go. You have Sammy Alvarez go. That are all true freshmen. Then Malcolm Robinson goes and Janzer and Lightner. So I think it was like six or seven true redshirt freshmen right out of the gate for for Rutgers. One that was odd. So Robinson lost the wrestle off to Aguilar. We saw him. He, he took. A uh, tough loss to Centenary, and then Aguilar wrestled the next day at the Princeton Open. We expect Aguilar to, to be their guy. I'm completely shocked that Malcolm Robinson is able to make 125 pounds. He was a 32, 38 all his time in for his last couple of years in high school. Is he school. a redshirt freshman? Yes. Okay. So my, you know, as I as we're on Suriana watch 2K19, where does if he comes back? I mean, you would think. All right, here's what I'm saying. Alvarez is a true freshman, right? Right, but they burned his red shirt. He's burned. It's on fire. Mm-hmm. I saw the shirt. Incinerated. There's nothing left. So if Suriana is to come back, would you – they probably wouldn't have pulled Alvarez's red right. shirt if they thought he was coming back or coming back at 33. But hit Robinson, you know, they got to send someone at 25, and Robinson's got to use his year one way or the other. So if he's going to come back down at 125, that kind of makes – a little more sense. And Aguilar's also a redshirt freshman. Right. So they're gonna they're yeah. gonna they're gonna start. They already use the red shirt. Exactly. So we'll uh you know Soriano watch. We don't know what he's doing, but um they've the Rutgers is putting out a squad. They're wrestling their best lineup and if Soriano comes back that's obviously gonna enhance it and we'll I don't know if there's much to make of Jojo Aragona at this point, but I do think uh Man, he's he's in that top fifteen class right now, and I think he could be a top ten, top eight well, you just, kind of guy. Right? You he he did what he had to do on opening weekend, right? He he yeah. looked in control of his matches. <clears throat> I I have thought since who's number one last year, and now seeing it again, yeah. Look, JoJo will probably take losses, and JoJo will he's not going to come out and be number one right now. But he's going to be a guy that you're going to have to deal with the entire season. That very much can be in that quarterfinals round of twelve coming in. And again, with with the mat returns, with the confidence on his feet, he's a guy that's that's going to be in the mix. And he wanted to wrestle right away. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes with these redshirt situations, it's not just uh, are they the best guy or not. It's, I'm chomping at the bit. Let's go. Let's let's roll me out right away while I still got this. I'm full of piss and vinegar. Wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of P and V reference. Um, okay. And then uh, so I mentioned Aguilar at Princeton Open. 
Glory wins, 23, uh, or 25, Lane wins, 33. Matt Casimir looked awesome. Uh, Bo Bartlett wrestled, as well as Joey Zargo and John Posnanski, so a few uh, guys there. And Monday beats Josh Humphreys, loses to, to Jesse Delavecchia, and then uh, Finger Lakes. Uh, Chris Foca's dad goes undefeated on the day in the corner. Foca, uh, Jacob Cardenas, and Luis Fernandez all win their weights for Finger Lakes. So. Wow. Cornell is going to be a handful whenever all their guys start coming back. And is Mr. Foca perhaps on the short list for the most coveted D1 coaching prospect? I hope so. so he's got to be on the short list. And are the Finger Lakes now the toughest lakes oh, in uh, the whole country? They could be. The they Great Lakes. As far I, do, as, I do love Mr. Foca, though. That guy is just a bunch No one loves wrestling dudes. dads like Nomad loves wrestling dads. <laughs> Go watch the— He knows all the wrestling dads' names. Go watch the— Fargo, I think it was quarterfinal, where Mike Mal did a mic'd up with him. Was it? Did he wrestle Plot? Yeah, I think it was Chris Foka versus Dustin Plot. Yeah. yeah, incredible stuff. Okay, so that's Nomad's Dad Hour. Now, <laughs> did we do this? I think we we covered Week One as best we can, right? It's a lot. We did it. There was a lot, but we had to get through it. We had to. Now, um, the longstanding segment. We've got friends. They have questions. It's time for questions from friends. Question from David Welchel. What are the potential impacts to the RTC system if Kirkfleet follows Snyder to State College? I think there is no impact on the RTC. Yeah. It's just a transfer. So I don't think it's anything that serious or big. It's, you know, guys transfer. But, I mean, the que- I, mean I think the question is – is interesting from the perspective that it might cause a lot of people to complain about it, like fans, you know, that, that this, the RTC is, is creating even more of this like juggernaut in state college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I, I don't know that it necessarily has anything to do with that, but you can see, you can see people worrying that if Penn state, you know, if Nittany Lion RTC has enough resources to pull in a, an Olympic champion like Kyle Snyder, then that could stack the deck recruiting wise for them even more. I don't think it's the case, but I could see where people would worry about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, next question, Ben Randolph. Ooh. This is a, this is a, we'll come back to it because which is the next program to get their first national champ? Now, I don't know every school that doesn't have a national champion. Yeah, so. I, I screwed up a couple years ago when Bryce Meredith was on the level. Because you forgot about Dick Bollinger. I forgot about Dick Bollinger in 1960. Yeah, I didn't. Being Wyoming's yeah. first national champ. Yeah. So, therefore, we need to get back to you on – first, we need to come assemble the list of who's never had a national champion. Then we can talk about – because who, who comes to mind, right? Like, has Princeton had one? All these teams, these Ivy <clears throat> teams, I just figure in, like, 1924 – Sure. They had a national champion, right? Like I look at, I go to Cornell, and it's just like, oh my, you know, they're. What if it's Andrew O'Leary as a Northern Colorado? Oh baby, so Northern Northern Colorado's definitely not had a Division One national. Yeah, they were D two for a long time, but yeah. So it could be O'Leary as and UNC for sure. Uh, Yeah, we need to. That's as good an option as any without us doing any research. Has yeah, yeah. has UVA had a national champion? I feel like they've had Garland was a finalist. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if they've had a champ. That is a good question. 
you know, maybe in the late 40s, they had a... I know that Mueller is, because I looked this up in their media guide, Mueller is going to be likely their third three-time All-American after Solzer and Heinrich. So, yeah, I don't think they've had a champ. So it could be, you know, if Mueller finds a way to win, although Spencer Lee exists, so going to be tough. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll come back to you on that one. Great question, Ben Randolph. We would love to give a better answer, but it requires us knowing every single team that does not have a national champion. Yeah. Um, Okay. Steven, the surgeon Merrill, I don't know if he's an actual surgeon or – He's had, his avatar is a shirtless picture with tattoos, so I'm thinking that is a uh, MMA name reference. Yeah, you don't you don't typically pop the top for surgery. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I a, think it's I think it's against the law. <laughs> it might be, it might be. <laughs> yeah. So how big of an impact will guys like Warner, Lugo, Cassiope, et cetera, need to make this postseason for the Hawkeyes to finally overtake Penn State? I think they've they've got to be impact guys and not seventh eighth guys. I think. To quote Tom Brands, they got to get busy. They got to be top three, top four ish type of dudes. And I think it's within Cassiope to do that. I think Warner was someone coming into last year. We said, this is someone that could be, you know, in the mix for top four. And it just mm-hmm. never really materialized. But I think it could happen. And, and Lugo, with the state of 149, yeah. a slight level jump there puts them in the mix. He has a win over number three, right? I mean, Lugo yeah. already does. So, Deegan. So, yeah. Th- this is something we were having a good debate about, I can't remember if it was this weekend or or last week in a meeting, about the kind of what I perceive as the evolution, and I think it's something we should should maybe revisit, um, the evolution of how you accrue team points at NCAAs and and how you look at uh, designing a a championship or a trophy team roster, because the story for Penn State for the last several years has been well, when you have this many finalists and you walk in with this perceived number of points, it's a lot more comfortable than with what they just brought up with Iowa or any number of teams where, yeah, this guy can make the finals, but they could also be round of 12. Okay. So that's uh, that's Iowa. We'll see. I think they need that, and they need they need their big three to be a big three, right? They need um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I just looked at the next question. Which I, oh. I'd love to read verbatim. Oh. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Eric Heyman says, serious belief that Iowa can beat PSY this year? Yeah. What are the swing weights? I don't know. Maybe like a psychic matchup? Is that what they're... How good, yeah. is, how good is PSY? PSI. Maybe he means pounds per square inch. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no. I think we know that... How is Dadkey <clears throat> and the family doing? They're doing great, as far as I know. I don't know uh, when we'll see... Uh, Steven Kyle back, but he uh, he uh, you can thank him right now for uh, putting uh, FRL on. If you're watching this on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, you can thank Steven Kyle Brackey, aka Dadkey, because he still does did that. He uh, he's always on it, uh, even though he doesn't need to be. How do you think Anthony Robles would have done in senior freestyle wrestling had he decided to keep wrestling? I have no idea. So it's another thing we were talking about this weekend. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. I always kind of wondered. It's like uh, the guy, well, one, they can't penalize him for wrestling on his knee. That was the debate. How well, do you how do you officiate this guy's matches? I, I'll Te- t- although yeah. technically maybe they could because it's not like he is unable to be upright. Yeah. It, 
I mean, it was <laughs> He's kind of in a tough spot. Yeah. It's tough, right? Yeah, we, I, yeah, Nomad and I were talking this weekend. Um, when I was when I was back in Northwest Iowa, we had a, a kid who coached in a club, and he went on and wrestled in college named Preston Hobelheinrich. He had both of his legs amputated uh, below the knees. Really tough kid, but we would take him to freestyle tournaments, and like, yeah, the officials were were often like, you know, how do I how do I call this right? Like, yeah. it's a it's it's a tough tough thing to call. That's that I've 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 wondered this question a lot. I just it's really hard to envision how how that happens but yeah. um yeah i don't know I, th- I think he could have been i think he could have been good i think just the way he had to figure out a style for folk style i think there's something he could have figured out yeah. in freestyle with his dumb i mean a lot you have to remember the guy wasn't just a turning machine he got on top yeah right yeah. he took people down he dumped people guys would, what was he would he have been how okay how would he have done a clinch okay well that that, i think that was his era that's right yeah it was technically yeah how would he have done a freaking clinch (laughs) great point it would not have gone well um okay but now yeah i'm thinking modern era (laughs) fair yeah great point great point yeah the clinch yeah that's hmm i'm gonna say he couldn't have couldn't have done all that well. I'm saying current era, he could have, he would have been on the ladder. Um, with number one falling <laughs> week one, that would be hard for him too. <laughs> um, with number one falling week, uh, week one, 41, how wide open is it? I don't think it's as wide open as people think. I think there's a short list of dudes that can win it. And I think it's the, I think it's the big three probably, right? What? Okay. Now I want to define Maybe wide not. open to me for national title means like eight guys can win it. Yeah. Well, okay. And I don't think it's wide open. I think it is open. I think it is a jar. Door jar. If you're in your car right now, the door's ajar. You need to shut the door. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I'll say, man, now I'm looking at it. Pletcher Demas Lee, yes. Chad Red, yes. Caden G. Feller, yes. Grant Leith, Mitch McKee. I'll say, and Tariq Wilson, yes. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, okay, it be, it's, it's rewide opened. Yeah. I've rewide opened it. You say it's door ajar. I say the four ways are on. The van doors have slid all the way back, yep. and the kids are in danger. I also yep. need to know what's going on with Iowa at 41. Yeah. Santo, I, Teasdale, Murin. I don't know. Well, yeah. I don't know. They're doing wrestle-offs <laughs> like in two days at Iowa State, and we'll, or Iowa, excuse me, and we'll see who wrestles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What they do with Gavin, Tom Brand says we'll see Gavin the 17th, which to me is that – I don't know what that means. We'll find For, out yeah. the 17th. 41, not only could a lot of guys win, but I mean it's going to – so much of that's going to come down to that bracket. I feel like once we see the matchups, we'll maybe have a better idea. But like, you know, um, you know, a guy like Kyle Shoup, if he gets in the right place in the bracket, he could turn everybody, right? A guy like Dom Demas – he can he can launch almost anybody except for maybe Luke Pletcher, whose chest never comes more than eighteen inches off the mat, right? Like, um, so it you know it's that that I feel like is going to be a weight class where if I could if I could look at the bracket, I think I would have a, a little bit better sense of how it could go. Um, but just looking at this batch of guys, it's it's pretty tough. Yeah. Right now, count me as doors ajar. It is the same top three that Spay mentioned in his preview: Pletcher, Demas Lee. Yeah. Okay. I've changed my mind mid-show. It's wide open. Chad. Prove me wrong, numbers 4 through 12. Yeah. Okay. 
Seriously, mm-hmm. prove me wrong. That would actually make for a very fun and silly tournament. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be a blast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, is Willie still my mainest man? Absolutely. Um, how much do the yeah Gable? A lot of Gable questions. I don't know. Don't know the status. I asked. They, you know, he's obviously didn't wrestle this week. Don't know when he'll be back. Active investigation thing. I think was the article that Internet said. So I don't know. I don't know the status. Obviously. We want to see Gable wrestling. That is when wrestling is better. We want to see that Kassar Gable rivalry continue because it was great. But don't know. Don't know the situation there at all. Um, okay, other questions here before we go. Let's think. Does Willie leaving mean he'll never try Casey's General Store Pizza for real now without the peer pressure? He was never going to do it, anyways. He was never going to do it. He had his chance. It's on you guys now. Yeah, you got a peer we pressure. Had, we had it's out of our, our opportunity. Now. It's now on you guys. Um, ooh, this is a this is a callback when um, Nomad said that gut wrenches were going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. What wrestling move is going to be, be a thing this year mm. in folk style? D1. The Prophet. <sighs> I have a thought, but I'm not going to say it. Do you have a thought? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't freaking know, man. There's so many more moves in folk style than there are in freestyle sort of call me crazy i'm going stand up wow there's a bit of s- oh no i'm going it. all in you're gonna see switch. it almost switches baby match. switch season i'm kind of with this one you know where switches are becoming more and more international freestyle international. yes it's when you get in the when you get in a um in a neutral position and then Bring it around, like bring it around I, town. I posted a clip. It was I want to say Shabanov against Yazdani. Yeah, I, you see it. Yeah, you see it a bunch. Chimizo's switch is oh, he's is right up there with yours, Nomad. It's up. Well, there. there's some details well. that he that Frank misses, but <laughs> yeah, he's for as far as switch potential goes, he does have a lot of switch. He has a yeah. little more hit. I'm bringing him. I'm bringing him in in a couple weeks to yeah. clean things up. So, wow. Yeah. What? American <laughs> resources. Come on. <laughs> Flow Sports Resources going to help in Chimizo? I won't stand for it. Wow. All right, we're gonna have a. We're gonna have to discuss this off air because that's not happening on my watch. Take so maybe we offline. get Chimizo for a little content while he's here. Yeah, but maybe we should do that. Um. Okay. You know what? That just made me really sad because now I'm thinking about Chimizo versus Burroughs, and now I'm thinking about the guys who are qualified for Olympic trials, and when we're going to see them wrestle next? Because those are our best guys, like Jordan Ernest, yeah, Kyle, well, Kyle Douglas. I have the cure for your for your sadness. We what? might not see Burroughs at 74 kilos, but next weekend we could see. Here oh we yeah, Makai Lewis, Jason Nolf, Bill Farrell, semis. Also, Imar. Winner gets Imar. Now that I like, folks. That so, we like. We can so. get behind that. That's something we can all stand behind. Um, Battle of the Midway was an awesome event. What outdoor venue needs to host a wrestling duel? I'll say this one. Taj Mahal. <laughs> <laughs> Taj Mahal. You talk about a backdrop. Dude, get get no. team, like, team India would be fire. We could, yes. Let's get that thing. Here's what I want. And it's always cold at this place, but Mount Rushmore. For the, oh. the freedom... I think we could actually make that happen. We could do it? Yeah. You've got some South Dakota connects. Yeah. Um, yeah, my wife's from that neck of the woods. We'd have to do it on some sort of, The terrain would be uneven. we got to figure out a These r- are race stage situation. Problems. No, they, ha- the, they have at Mount Rushmore a stage. Like pre-made? An amphitheater, a stage, yes. 
Let's do it. But okay, can you see pre-made? What what other kind of <laughs> stage would it be? Well, like the ones at Final X, they make. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But so can so it's an amphitheater. So is there um, an overhang in the background that would that would preclude the fans from seeing the great? Uh, no, 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 no. They thought of that. They, they thought, thought of that. that. Okay, yeah. And Rustam Borglum was no fool when he came up with the idea of Mount Rushmore. Now this could be fun. What about um, in and around, or not in, but near and around uh, geysers? Wow. <laughs> High stakes. The step out, the yeah. step out never mattered more. <laughs> so we so we build a like a heat proof like stage and mat. Push outs are wow. I can't I can't wait for the 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 false start call because the not the whistle but the geyser goes yeah, off. Yeah. The guy jumps with does a quick geyser stand up. Call, guys. Guy, it was the geyser over there. You can't can you imagine the guy hitting the quick stand up and then pointing at the geyser <laughs> erupting as blame. Wow. Um. So yeah, that's a good one and. We already know that nobody loves alliterative names like the wrestling community loves it. Mm-hmm. We can have the Rumble at Ru- Rushmore. Mm-hmm. It's already made. The Rumble at Rushmore. Yeah, there's a lot of R R words you could you could use too. So, yeah. um, I, I, that's it for me. I love Geyser. The grapple <laughs> at the Geyser. Yeah. Um, and the um, Tango at Taj Mahal. Tango yeah. at Taj Mahal. Yeah. yeah, it's really easy to come up. With. Um, okay. How about on a boat, a river boat traveling down the Mississippi? Okay. Okay. I don't know if that would technically be outside. You'd have to have a – because it's a pretty narrow river, right? It's not that narrow. So It's like could, a mile wide at yeah. certain points. Well, that's yeah. narrow for a river. I, I don't know. Right? It's like one of the widest rivers in the I don't world. Know what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. It's yeah. not. It's not that that's, narrow. That's not narrow. Um, okay. What, last question here. And then we will depart. Russia didn't dominate gold medals in men's, and Japan didn't in women's. U twenty three. Hold up, is that wrong? <laughs> That's totally Japan sure as hell dominated women. Yeah, it was. What's Pops Redfoot setting me up like this for? Did they have ten medals? They had ten medals, seven of which were gold. Pops, that sounds a whole <laughs> lot like. Do- I don't know what your definition of domination is. Wow, the standard. Imagine being Pops Redfoot's son. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Imagine what that report card needs to look like. Wow. Pop set me up. I just assumed it was right. I'll be honest, and very, it's very obvious. I didn't follow the women's U23 or the final men's standings. I followed Bo and, and Kirkfleet and the guys. A perfect score now in international wrestling is 250 points, right? Ten weights, you get 25 for winning. They scored 230. Wow. That yeah, feels a whole lot like domination. Pops! They won by 125 points over China, second place China. Now – I know we, we say we won't ask actual cannibals questions anymore, but we still do. Yeah. But I think we need to put Pops Redfoot. He's on probation. Pops, yeah. Pops, Pops, Pops. I mean, in yeah. Well, we can't end on that one. Let's find one more. Well, hold on. I, I do want to answer it. Yeah, answer it. So is it the beginning of Japanese <laughs> wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only seven golds. <laughs> I still think the <laughs> – damn it. I still think the world as a whole, and definitely America, is figuring out what U23s is, what it should be used for. Is it yeah. JV Worlds, right? Is it like you know the number twos in for all these countries, or is it a developmental thing? It's it's so far removed from like there, you know, there's typically a pretty normal cadence of cadet junior, junior cadets, and then seniors. So it. it you know, it's it's removed from the cadence. It's only I think three years old. So I just 
I think the world's still figuring out. It's it's also an Olympic year, and so you're kind of getting into the part where you know some of these under twenty three year old aged athletes are probably forwent it to you know train and peak for for their whatever their nation's Olympic trials are. So yeah, I just think the world is still figuring out what U twenty threes are. Wow, I think you're right. I mean, especially because so many guys at the senior level are within the age range that they would qualify to compete yeah. in U23s. It's it's not, um, you know, this kind of natural stepping stone that cadets and juniors are. And, um, yeah, I mean, was was Bo Nickel the only guy on Team USA who was also on the national team for, for USA? Uh, off the top of my head for men's freestyle, I believe mm-hmm. so. So, you know, you would think, like, if it was really, uh, like, naturally part of the progression, you, you would expect to see sure. a lot more of those guys that, you know, if they didn't make the senior team, they would be, like, super excited to, to mm-hmm. jump into the U23 uh, spot. But we just don't see that. Yeah, so that's my thing. And then as far as USA is concerned, it's, you know, we've coaches have expressed they don't necessarily – some coaches are fine with it, some coaches aren't. Their guys missing the preseason mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but when coaches believe that, there's going to be a certain level of talent that may be held out. Yeah. There's a right answer. Japanese women's wrestling is dead. Japanese women's <laughs> wrestling, officially done, Shane. It's done. Um, okay. With the uh, proclamation of the end of Japanese women's wrestling, uh, we can go. Um, man, we'll be back tomorrow. We might have uh, Andrew Spencer Spay on, and we might yell at him about rankings. Hey, you might also need Andrew Spencer Spay on Thursday. Where are you going? Uh, Don't even think about it. Oh, no, not this Thursday. I'm sorry. Next Thursday. Okay. I will be going to Barrel. Hey, me too. Wow. So maybe so you better hope Bracky's back. Bracky might be back, even if not, it'll be okay. Yeah, he, sorry, I'm jumping. I'm jumping ahead a week. No, I'm I'm home this weekend. Yeah, he just can't wait. Disregard. So a lot more to get. In. It's a big week of D1 wrestling coming up. We have Penn State's debut is happening uh, against Navy. We'll have Ohio State Stanford. We've got other things that are not coming. Journeyman Classic. Yeah. And the duels. Yeah. So, I'm not apologizing for being so recap heavy today, folks. There was a lot that happened this weekend. We got a lot coming forward. No we had to get it done. Had to get it done. Nomad is not sorry. So don't ever think he was. He's going to recap all up on you. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back tomorrow. See you then. Thanks, guys.